Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake BJ Shea is on assignment, but running the boards is Joey D's Wednesday. And on Wednesday, we talk about what if... Oh. That almost kind of worked there. I liked it. Yeah, it's, what if Waluigi was Doctor Strange? Well, I'm in. Maybe one of those characters is uh, in this episode that we talk about. So we'll talk about what if. Also, we will talk about the best and worst Marvel movies. Shang-Chi may be included. We'll have to let you know once we get to it. Yay. And of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. more? Or just search for BJ Shea's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Yeah, so many ways to get a hold of us. And let us know how you have been feeling about these What If episodes. Uh, we started off with a very fun one with Captain Carter. Then we moved on to a very heartwarming one with if T'Challa was Star-Lord. And then the third episode was... Which one was the third episode? It was where uh, Nick Fury had to figure out who was killing the Avengers. That's yes. right. And that one was, it was a bit darker. Yes. Uh, 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 if you think that was dark. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, hold my beer because here comes Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. No, but also it was an interesting title because what in, in, instead of his hands, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart? And first thing I was thinking of was maybe like a Randall Flag situation or maybe oh, a Picard situation. I was, I was thinking Iron Man. Oh, exactly. Or even yeah. Iron Man, right? So, yeah, maybe. maybe. What if Doctor Strange turned into Iron Man? That would be cool. I almost swore. Um, <laughs> but, like, no, it turns out it was more along the lines is, what if we killed his girlfriend over and 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 over again. Dormammu's just sitting there like, ah, sucks, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, right? Uh, this was a very interesting one, just because Christine Palmer was the love interest of Doctor Strange in the first movie. But uh, it wasn't super... It was very pointless in the movie. Oh, absolutely. Like, everyone even says that, and most people are saying, yeah, Rachel McAdams was severely misused when it came down to exactly. it. Exactly. They didn't even, like, if you're using her as, like, the girlfriend of the superhero, that is a really dumb trope that's overused, but also... There was no real romantic connection in the movie. No, it like, was it was like they had a fling. Um, it's like we hooked up a couple times after a doctor's yeah. party. That's kind of the vibe I got. Like we've been friends for a while. We hooked up, but we're not talking about it. Yeah, and so essentially it was like okay, so that is so that's where that was for that movie. But in this multiverse, um, instead of uh, Stephen Strange going to whatever award ceremony he was going to go solo when he uh, got into the car wreck and then lost the use of his hands and then eventually went mm -hmm. to wherever to study the mystic arts which was really traumatic for him because he was a surgeon like the top yeah. surgeon you need your hands absolutely and then uh in this one uh, as opposed to that uh christine goes with him to mm -hmm. it, and then uh, the accident ensues, uh, and it happens. It was an interesting way it happened because it wasn't exactly the same as it happened in the movie, um, but really what it came down to was that we found out that this situation was uh, was the focal point mm -hmm. of turning 
Strange into the Sorcerer Supreme. Mm-hmm. And as as a note of that, he was able to not pass the uh, the dump truck and that was g- essentially going to uh, cause the car wreck, mm-hmm. but then somebody still rear-ended him and caused the car wreck to happen anyway. In this case, Christine passes away. She gets fridged, which if you don't know what that term is, it comes from an old Batman title where basically uh, Barbara Gordon gets fridged killed and stuffed in a fridge and it, for complete plot reasons. So whenever a female character gets killed just for plot reasons and to fulfill, you know, the obligations to move the character forward, usually a male character, uh, they quote unquote get fridged. Oh, so I don't think I knew that one. Yeah. So uh, Christine gets uh, fridged a lot of times, like so yes. many times in oh, this episode, nice. because as we slowly find out that it, it's literally a plot point that needs to happen in order for him to become the Sorcerer Supreme. Like, it absolutely needs to happen because he's racked with grief about it, decides to use the Eye of Agamotto to bend time, as you would, Goes tries to go back in time to try to save her, and continues to do multiple different ways to avoid that situation. And no matter what happens, she dies. If he doesn't show up, if he goes on a different route, if he tries to do anything, he tries to get her to drive, no matter what happens, she dies. Yep. It's just what has to happen. Kind of like if you've seen the Orville, uh, they need to get a divorce. Otherwise, the whole universe (laughs) is, you know, doomed. Yeah, but I mean, it's like killing a character over and over and over and over and over. I mean, that's what happened to him in the movie and with Dormammu. He just got killed over and over again until Dormammu got tired of it. Yeah, and no matter what he tries to do, she always does die. And it was just like, it's an interesting point, too, because they call it an absolute point, which, I mean, literally is just like, I feel like if you're like looking like if Doctor Strange kind of went out of the multiverse or at least out of his universe and looked at it, it would just be a piece of paper that just mm-hmm. ha- has a big circle on it and says must happen. <laughs> like it's such Do a, not remove. Cannot remove. Yeah, exactly. Or you, yeah, you're trying to reformat a Word document and it won't happen and it always screws everything else mm-hmm. up around it, but it still stays right there. Yep. Stupid little programs. But yeah, even at some point, uh, the ancient one comes down to explain all of this and Stephen Strange is like, no, I can be a badass, and you're telling me not to do these things. Well, that means I can do them, and I will do them, and I will get more power. So he travels back in time to the li- – well, I, at some point. I don't know if it was back in time for in time. Yeah. Uh, to the library of uh, Cagliaristro. I probably mispronounced that even though I watched the episode. Right. Um, where he learns how to stop an absolute point from mm-hmm. occurring. Uh, which basically means that he's got to take up a whole lot of power. And how does he do that? By sucking the souls of extra-dimensional beings. And this isn't the first time we've heard of this, uh, because if that uh, Cagliostro, <laughs> which sounds like a pasta, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> we've heard about this in the Doctor Strange movie, because that was one of the the books that uh, the sorcerer Cassius. Oh, yeah, Cassilius. Cassilius, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always forget how to pronounce his name. Um, that's where he gets, he steals that book from in the movie. But here oh, we see, yeah. it's not just a lost, one lost book. Like, he didn't steal it from that particular library. It was just a book from that library. 
But we now see the entire library. Yeah, and it has so many different um, lost tomes on how to do some amazing, amazing things, including affecting time, um, which, I mean, Wong has constantly said over and over and over again, don't do this thing because it will break thing. And then Doctor Strange says, I will do this thing, and maybe it will break thing, and then it inevitably does break thing. Is it because he's a cat? It's like, I'm not going to do the thing. I'm going to do the thing. I break the fishy. Don't touch the fishy. I'm going to touch the, the fishy. <laughs> so, yeah, basically it comes down to that. Uh, in a weird, interesting pot twist, though, the Ancient One tries to stop him. And we're like, well, that didn't work because obviously we see a whole thing going down where he does start summoning beings and then sucking them into him, which turns into very interesting when it becomes a winged tentacle demon yes. being. Which I thought, I thought the art direction on that was amazing. Super cool. Yeah, it looked amazing. And I'm glad they saved this type of thing for the animated show and not the movie. Because I think if they were to try to do it on the big screen, you'd either need a huge budget and not spend a whole lot of money elsewhere, or it's going to look real crappy. Yeah, like uh, that's the one thing I do love about the what if is the simple fact that since it is animated, that you can just go absolutely eight nuts with it. Yes. You can do whatever. You're like, hey, this sounds like a fun idea. And you're like, okay, yeah, we can do that. We can give Sorcerer Supreme, what was it? Strange Supreme, I think is what he called himself, or Supreme Strange mm-hmm. at the end of it. Yeah, we can give him wings, horns, hell, give him tentacles that come out his back. It doesn't matter. Let's give him 800 eyeballs. Like, there was some amazing stuff with that. So, fun facts. I found the uh, what if Easter eggs oh, for fun. this episode. Yeah. One of the things, if you notice the tentacle monster, it's also the, not so much the same exact monster, but the same type of monster that we saw in the Peggy Carter, Captain Carter episode when yeah. she gets sucked in and to, a, through a different dimension. A lot of people are thinking that is a character called Shuma Gorath, which is basically kind of like a one-eyed uh, Cthulian-type creature. So like, Star was it Starro? Yeah, kind of a little <laughs> bit like Starro, actually. Yeah, you're From not Suicide wrong. Squad. Uh, if you guys ever played any of the Marvel versus Capcom uh, video games, Shuma Gorath was a playable character in that. Tentacles, eyeballs, bouncing around. Um, and has been seen in a lot of Doctor Strange stuff. So I don't know if it is that or not, but everyone is assuming it is. There is also, we see there is the two-headed thing, which I believe that is its actual name. (laughs) It's two-headed thing. It's a shapeshifter that faced the Fantastic Four. There's also a dragon that resembles Shao Lao, which is the same dragon that has to be defeated in order for someone to become the immortal Iron Fist. Oh, really? According to GameRant.com. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That'd be amazing, actually. Um, beyond that, also, the fact that we have two Doctor Stranges, they have the big fight at the end, which, again, was also cool, too, because you get to see a little bit about how protection magic works, mm-hmm. and it was kind of neat to watch the evil Doctor Strange punching uh, wards off of uh, the quote-unquote good like, Doctor Strange's like face. runes or letters? I don't yeah, know. yeah, like I runes guess. is probably a good way to put that. But it was fun the way they were doing that, like a big epic battle at the end of the universe because, you know, so spoiler alert, uh, things start melting away when the person and everyone's warning him, hey, you're going to break your universe if you do this. And then he decides to do it. And then, well, it breaks the universe. It, like, it, it kind of <laughs> like I was like, holy crap. I didn't realize that he had been doing all of this for centuries. He kind yeah. of locked himself up, kind of like what Wanda. It seems like maybe what Wanda was doing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Where it's like, I'm going to just go into my mind palace, which shout out to Sherlock. <laughs> that, that, you know, kind of a Cumberbatch as Sherlock would go into his mind palace. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. So, this is kind of like that. Um, except, you know, spoiler alert, not drug induced. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there's something else uh, from this article that I found out. I didn't know any of this. Okay. 
So does Guardian Vishanti sound familiar? Yes. So when Wong places protection runes on Doctor Strange's face before the battle against himself for the fate of the universe, he says that it's courtesy of Guardian Vishanti. So in the comics, Vishanti isn't actually one person, but a trio of supernatural beings. Oh. Agamotto, who the Time Stone is named for in the MCU, is actually one of the three beings that makes up Vishanti and also pens the Book of Vishanti used by the Sorcerer Supreme. He was the first Sorcerer Supreme for Earth, and the seal of Vishanti is also the design for the window in the Sanctum Santorium as oh, it appears in the wow. comic. So I, like, I'm looking at the comic picture. It looks like what I'm guessing is uh, Agamotto and looks like um, a woman and then like a tiger. Oh, So neat. those three make up the trio, basically, uh, Vishanti. That is really cool. I thought that was uh, uh, like a Buddhist thing or something along those lines. I'm t- really oh, terrible with uh, oh, yeah. religion, so uh, don't so quote me on that. Is, this is actually from the comics. That is cool. That is amazing. I had no idea. Uh, another thing that was really cool about this is at the end, uh, Doctor Strange uh, does actually screw up this universe um, so much that it does get erased. But at the very end, he's uh, he does manage to bring Christine back to life. Of course, he looks like a demon and she's horrified. And also the earth is melting, literally like going away in like black smoke. And uh, she like is like, well, you screwed everything up. And even Strange at that point is trying to stop the uh, the universe from collapsing in on itself and being destroyed. He does see the Watcher, who voiced mm-hmm. by Jeffrey Wright is the guy who is narrating the entire thing because he can only watch what happens. He cannot interfere uh, in the comic books. Obviously, that's a different case because eh, they're comic books and mm-hmm. you got to do that sometimes. Um, but in this one, he has not decided to interfere. And even when Stephen Strange is pleading. He's pleading so much to actually help him. It's like, save this. He's like, you idiot. First off, everyone told you not to do this. Second off, I can't save your universe because trying to save things like this happens with things being destroyed and other than, besides your universe, every universe will be destroyed when you do this. Sorry, buddy. You And it even looked up, like, at the end, he got he basically gets locked up in his own like little like prison forever because his universe is now just gone. Yeah, it was a crazy ending. I, it was super bleak. I was like, not expecting that. It was like Black Mirror style. So like when it went to like credits, I was just like, all right, well, that didn't give me any feeling of fun at all. Yeah, it's funny. That's such a sci-fi trope. That whole uh, scientist creates time travel, goes back to save his loved one, realizes he can't, and then you know faces the inevitability of having to learn to love again. Uh, this one was a very different ending where Doctor Strange realizes he's destroyed the whole universe and yeah. is alone. <laughs> As somebody who loves, loves the time travel trope, like Joe. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He really hates it for those who are new. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of the way they use time travel in this episode and the ending? Um, it's weird. I didn't mind it. I think the idea of uh, the, uh, what you call it? What are their, uh, their guild of sorcerers called? I don't even remember their names. I don't but remember either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having their tomb of knowledge in the past is a pretty fun device in the sense that you can always go access it as the sorcerer supreme because you can time travel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the time travel really links up with their previous rules of time travel, which was that you can't actually time travel. You can only go back into a different past, but... I mean, I still enjoyed it. I mean, <laughs> and that's the yeah. thing too. If you look, if you if you think too hard when it comes down to those, 
Um, time travel is supposed to work the same way across all of the multiverse. That's really kind of what like Loki uh, and WandaVision have uh, essentially established. Mm-hmm. But yeah, exactly. Like, what does it even mean? Did they take some liberties? Did they ignore some stuff? Or am I just not versed enough in it to know? Because I really don't want to well, get I too mean, deep into everything that. Everything that we pass the threshold, like everything is going to crap. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, all the rules are out the window. Everything is now canon. They can just go for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, above all, very happy with it. I uh, thought it was solid. Uh, there are nine episodes in the What If series. So we're basically next week is about the midway point mm-hmm. when it comes down to it or the one that's dropping today. But we'll talk about that one next week. Do we want to know what the little, syn- not synopsis, but what they're saying it's yeah, going to be? Yeah, yeah. Episode five is What If Thor was banished to Earth but was still worthy of his mantle? Oh. So basically, he would be banished to Earth and have Mjolnir. Like, he would still be really strong and powerful. That I mean, that kind of would nip the whole, like, evil monster being thing that was in the first one in the bud pretty quickly. And we saw that one in What If uh, with uh, the last one with Agent Coulson. The thing is, though, he was pretty much like Strange was before all the stuff went down. Was very arrogant, very mm-hmm. full of himself, thought he was big crap. What if he still thinks that way? Now he's surrounded by puny humans. Oh, yeah. That's my guess is where it's going to go. Yeah, like these have gotten darker and darker. I'm really kind of hoping maybe a little bit more of a lighthearted one. But the way they've been going, (laughs) I just do not know when it comes down to it. And mind you, these can all be – I I was totally under the assumption – that like with the last episode, like Loki was coming down. I'm wondering who the hell's doing this. I thought I had read the 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 one where all the mightiest heroes die. Yeah, I thought it was Loki coming in to basically be like, "Hey, let's be buddies." Nope, that's still the old Loki that has his glorious purpose. No, I thought this was uh, like President Loki. Like oh. he wanted to rule Earth, but in a different way. Oh yeah, no, this was just Loki, Loki. Yeah, but he wasn't even the main focus of it. Yeah. So that was my interpretation, and I'm looking at the IMDb list. For example, they have an image for Episode Seven. They don't have it, what it's about or anything, but it shows like the zombie, right? Yeah, Which yeah, we know yeah. is happening. Mm-hmm. But then if you look at Episode Eight, they don't have a picture, but they have like little synopsis. It says the infamous Marvel Zombies comic comes to life in this episode. So either someone's trying to throw us off, or the person who's doing this doesn't have the right information. So even though we're telling <laughs> you these things, just know that it may change. Yeah, just like time, things change. And also, I mean, it's not like Marvel has completely. Uh, changed things or sent out like trailers that don't have things that have you know like Hulk in Infinity War wasn't there mm-hmm. other than the first part and then they showed the whole scene of him running with all the other Avengers towards a thing that wasn't even real they like phased out like the people's suits for I think Endgame like there's a whole bunch of different things that mm-hmm. they've done and I don't even trust far uh, No Way Home, like Spider-Man. I don't trust mm-hmm. that trailer. Like, I don't know what's going to be going on, but I feel that they've done some things. Hell, they even CGI'd Thor's eye in when he lost it in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Like, they have no problem screwing with us. So until we know what's going on, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, I kind of want to tell you the very last episode. No! 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 Hey. No, you don't even know! No. I don't know, but I like what it says. What is it? If you don't want to hear it, cover your ears. <laughs> I can't. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the, the small, like I won't give the full thing. Basically, somebody that we know becomes super, super powerful. 
Oh. Instead of what their normal powerful self is, and they become a big baddie, and they have to form like a really, really big group to salt to stop them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Very is that vague. Okay. Yeah, super vague. So I have no idea what's going on. If you really so... want to go, go to IMDb and look it up. <laughs> so in that case, we'll move on. Uh, we have only a short amount of time, so I just wanted to do this though because they did put out the Wrap.com put out a list and ranked all 61 Marvel movies. Uh, we're not going to go through all of them, but I did want to put out uh, throw out the top 10 because I thought it was interesting the ones that they put out there, and this goes across all of the uh, Sony and Fox ones and the Marvel. Marvel ones as well. So they're all of them. Uh, number one being Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And personally, I can't say that because uh, Infinity War is my favorite one mm. because it's, I mean, it's the Thanos story. So, I mean, that's what I'm going to be going with it, um, which ended up being number six. So I would switch those probably. Uh, number two being Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which oh. is an excellent movie the animation is so crazy and so out there not at all like what if but uh amazing in its own right yeah it's very i don't want to say it's similar but there's something that kind of feels the same but the way they do it in uh the spider-verse it just feels more it's bombastic like it changes and things go weird and like time switches and like Mm -hmm. they do all sorts of really fun different things uh number three is i don't know if it's vicky's favorite but i know it's a personal favorite of hers logan Yes, it was phenomenal. But the thing that I love about top movies, though, like it is probably one of my favorite movies ever. But when it comes to Marvel movies, I feel like repeat watching is a big factor. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love that movie, I'm not going back to it constantly to watch it again because Fair enough, yeah. it hits in the feels. So honestly, the one of the movies I've seen over and over again, Marvel wise, is just like, hey, I want something fun. Ragnarok. Oh yeah, I'll that's just, one I'll of us. Put it on. Yeah, I've done that a couple of times, and maybe it's just because of how much I enjoy Taika Waititi and his sense of humor. Um, but yeah, uh, Thor Ragnarok is one that I've gone back to and mm-hmm. watched uh, definitely more than Logan. I think I've seen Logan maybe twice, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good. Same thing yeah. with Guardians uh, of the Galaxy Two. Uh, there's just too many things that hit me in the feels on that, where I'm like, it's a good movie, but I don't need to watch that. No need to worry about that. Thor yeah. Ragnarok got number eight. Okay. Nice. So it's still in the top 10. I would definitely, I really want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy 2 again for certain different points, but it's the same thing. Like, oh, it hits in the feels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number four on this list is Black Panther. Uh, maybe I would bump that up a little bit. Um, I feel it was better than uh, Into the Spider-Verse even. So I think for me, it would probably be Infinity War, then Black Panther, uh, just because it was one of the first departures from the dumb villain problem that I've had Mm -hmm. um, across all of them. It was an origin story, but the villain was someone who you were like, he's got a point. Like even starting at the very beginning where he goes and reclaims stuff stolen from the British and put it into a museum. It's like, this stuff ain't yours. Like, and I'm like, yeah, there's, it's going to be real hard for me to feel bad for uh, the English and the British uh, right. invasion. Right, for other people. You kind of, che- this is one of the times you're cheering for the bad guy because they're, not because they're attractive or because they have cool powers or anything. It's because they have a point. Yeah, they have a good point. And it's visually stunning. Like, oh, between the yeah. makeup department, the costume department, and just the world of Wakanda, mm-hmm. just, they did a phenomenal job. Uh, number five is the best Fantastic Four movie that's not a Fantastic Four movie. That would be Black Widow. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say The Incredibles. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's not Incredib- a Marvel movie, sir. No, but The Incredibles is uh, oh, the best yeah. Fantastic Four movie they have out. Yeah, yeah, I know. Black Widow, I really enjoyed. Uh, recently watched it. Maybe that's why it's just in my memory, but uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I want a Red Guardian hoodie, like an actual mm-hmm. one that looks like his uh, his uh, his gear, because it's so amazing. Like, David Harbour was really good as the Red Guardian. He's just... Uh- Adorable. Uh, yeah. Number six, Infinity War, like I said. Another war. Number seven was Captain America Civil War. I'd put that one a little bit lower just because there wasn't a whole lot of war. It was basically like a four-on-four sort of fight. There was a lot of really awesome moments in that movie, but it definitely was one of those like, okay, we need this movie to happen so other events can happen. I think a lot of people put it up higher because it's the first appearance of Spider-Man in an MCU movie. So that was a really, really big thing for people to get into. Plus, I mean, like even that the Ant-Man fighting in that one is pretty hilarious. So uh, I, I give that one more of a pass. Uh, number eight, like I said, Thor Ragnarok. Number nine, Iron Man 3, which I'd what? put, I would put a lot, That's... lot lower on uh, this list. Were they getting paid by like Ben Kingsley to do this or something? <laughs> like, why? I need an explanation for this. Iron Man 3 is on every single list we read for being in the top 10. And I don't, Get it. it needs to be in the top 10 worst. I don't think it's there's a lot of movies in the top 10 worst, which okay. we're not going to get to it today. Maybe we'll get into a little bit later on another one. But uh, I think part of it is that it was um, director Shane Black. Uh, and it's a very Shane Black movie. I remember even Mark Ronner talking about this back in the day. But uh, he did, like, I think he did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and a couple of other movies that are, uh, it, it's essentially a perfect movie around those lines. It's it's actually more of a holiday movie, you think about it, because it's happening during, if not Christmas time, at least during the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, it, it felt like it just kind of moved plot forward while I didn't care about, like, the extremist virus or any of that stuff. Um, but it has him, you know, Tony Stark and a kid and things are kind of fun and whatever, but mm. it's not one that I even go back to watch. I think I've watched it the one time and was yes. like, ah, it's good. I'm good. I'm done. I mean, the only thing that I like from it is the fact that that kid appears at uh, Iron Man's funeral. Yeah. Like, which totally back, makes sense. And, and I'm just like, that's cute. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally filling this out would be Spider-Man 2, which is the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2, which was the Doc one Ock. with Doc Ock, oh. which Alfred Molina is back in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Very excited to see where that's going to be going. And it's a good top 10 movie. Definitely think about that. And uh, worthwhile. Uh, I want to see it again. Yeah. If you want to see the full list, go to therap.com. But uh, for now, it is time to get to The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, What do you got? Uh, so not so much nerdy, but I started reading these oh. and they came. It, it reminded me of some things I have tried. Okay. And I realize I am not in a movie. So Ranker came out with <laughs> All right. a whole list of things that people are sharing that look like fun in movies, but are actually really irritating in real life. Oh, uh, slowly running down a beach. Um, first off, I'm not a runner. Second off, <laughs> you don't realize how hard it is to actually run on a beach till you try to run on a beach. Which, it's not quite that, but it is, uh, funny enough, very close to what mine is. Oh, what's that? So the first one on this list <laughs> got me interested. It was sleeping in tall grass. Someone's like, sleeping in tall grass, I'm sure you've seen the memes, but in reality, those fields would be infested with bugs, and they'd more than likely bite you. Yeah. It's like the star, the cinematic stargazing experience. You know, They try to do that with their friends. They lay in the grass, watch a meteor shower, talk about life. I found out the le- next morning uh, that I'm allergic to grass mites. Oh, man. Plus, also, grass is just itchy anyway. Yeah. Like, bring a blanket or do like most normal people do, like Wayne and Garth, and you just sit on your hood. 
of yeah. your car, and then you watch the airplanes flying over your head, Ugh. or uh, you know maybe the stars or something like that. I'm super allergic to grass too, oh, so geez, I can only yeah. stay in the grass for a short time, <laughs> like when I'm playing with like my little brother or my nieces. And then I'm like, I'm up, I'm out, I'm going inside. I'm going, I can't do this. But I tried, uh, I was seeing this guy for a while and we were both huge into reading comic books. And so we had planned a trip together to go to the beach. And we thought, how romantic would it be if we could sit on the beach, enjoy the sun, read our comic books. Yeah. It was super windy that day and I got sand in my eyes. I couldn't get out for two hours. (laughs) It was just not, we had our sunglasses on. We're trying to read. The wind is blowing the pages everywhere. It's like on paper or in a movie. This sounded so romantic and so cute. That reminds me when me and my best friend, we went camping and we brought our magic cards because we could play Uh, magic out here and gust of wind and the whole battlefield just got swept away and we're just running around trying to pick up our magic cards. It's not a good idea. How about uh, the whole moving and fixing up houses? Because it usually comes with like a nice montage music. <laughs> if it's a couple moving in together, it's all romantic and cute. They get some paint on each other. If it's best friends, like, hell yeah, next See, stage of my life. I or knew, I'm growing as a person. Yeah, I knew that wasn't a thing when I watched the movie, and it might be too old for you youngers, uh, youngers, younglings, youngins. Uh, but the money pit with uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. They buy a house and uh, they're like, oh, it's such a good deal. And then they lose their ass and there's a giant hole in the middle of their living room. Like, wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, these are things that I don't want to deal with. And uh, yeah, fixer uppers are not fun. I've done some remodeling and stuff to my house. And I realized that even though I'm only 32 now, I think I have carpal tunnel. I hope it's not arthritis. Oh, geez. But, like, yeah. I can't do anything too long, but, like, holding something like a uh, paint roller or a hose or anything like that, like, my hand just does not. Old lady. I'm an old lady, <laughs> so it's not fun. Also, yeah, like, w- when you buy a house, you suddenly realize that, like, all the things that you would have your landlord do, now you get to do them all yourself. And,. Unless you've got YouTube videos, which are a godsend. Yes. Most of the time, I have no idea what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. And even if you have the YouTube video, it may not be 100% correct anyways. <laughs> yeah. At least the only good thing on that is I don't feel bad about putting a hole in a wall. Because it's mm-hmm. like, well, I have to fix it myself, but at least I don't have to uh, worry about my uh, getting my deposit back. I will say one thing that really pisses me off, because as a, as, a, as a kid with parents uh, that grew up in a different country and immigrated here... I always had this image in my head of what high school would be like. Like I was, I would go to the locker. I would make friends. We would talk between classes. We would go. Oh yeah, just like all the movies. Right. Like I would have all these things. Like I was really excited when I got my first locker, but it's nothing like the movies. It seems like you know kids have thirty minute breaks between classes in on the in the movies <laughs> or shows. It's like <laughs> we have three minutes, and sometimes if your class was in like the far building and you had to get to the gym. Yeah. You had three minutes to cross the entire yeah. campus. Run your ass off and hope you don't get in trouble. And then usually at that point, yeah, you're going to be late and they're going to yell at you for always being late. And you're like, yeah, but I've got French across the campus right, right before you. Or if, you know, you're dumb like me and you're making out with your boyfriend <laughs> and you get detention because you're late for the well, third time in a row. Well, that's your own damn that fault was my right fault. there. <laughs> the only time I got detention, actually. Wow, it was from making out. <laughs>
Right. Well, I was late because I was making out. Uh, but yeah, this person writes that we literally had three minutes between classes and we had 22 minutes for lunch. And that includes waiting through the line, coming in and between your classes and before and after. 22 minutes? Yeah. I thought we had like 40 minutes. That, and that was a long time ago. I, don't know, like, it was just, I think we had 30 at my my uh, school. But the smart play was you got the period between lunch off so you could have yeah. both lunches. <laughs> or Genius. if you were in a school like mine, I took video production and so video production for fourth period, we basically had first lunch, but you were supposed to be filming so you could go to all three lunches and quote unquote film. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and just... get content. <laughs> I'm you sure... mean French fries? Yeah, so we would basically <laughs> take whatever lunch we wanted as long as we got our work done. Damn, nice. Look at this great filter I have on this piece of pie. <laughs> um, the idea of living on a deserted island Sometimes, like, aside from watching, like, your castaways, but you see these people and they got their coconut bikinis and they're living a life of very, you know, I don't want to say luxury, but it's luxurious because you don't have anything, but they make it nice. Mm-hmm. It is not very much like that at all. Especially, okay, I I have so many friends. I don't know if you know people like this, but they kind of, I don't want to rat them out, but they kind of <laughs> fantasize like a zombie apocalypse or like the end of oh, the world. Oh, yeah, the romanticizing the end of the world. Yeah. That's me. That is so much me. But I also realize that if the end of the world happens. Um, You're dead within the first oh, yeah, yeah. couple rule, episodes. Zombieland, rule number one, cardio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I have a lot of friends who like they're the gun collectors. They're like, oh, I'm ready for a zombie apocalypse. I'm like, bitch, do you know how to garden or scout, <laughs> like, scout, like go get food or Raise any animals, or do anything, make your own clothing, create <laughs> shelter, what berries None you can and can't eat. <laughs> None of these Just because you have a gun. I mean, maybe you can steal it from the person who does have all those things. There you go. You steal enough from them, they're not going to survive, and you're going to die out pretty quick. One of my favorite things is the people who are like, I'm going to go to Costco or Sam's Club. And I'm like, you and literally every single other person. Right. Good luck with that. Yeah, it's my favorite episode of Futurama. The end of the world is happening, and they turn to Professor Farnsworth, who's like the smart scientist, and like, what are you going to do? And he's like, oh, I'm already prepared for this. And he just gets on top of the roof with a six-pack of beer, and he's like, time to enjoy it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, The whole Hallmark movie romance. I feel like they make a bajillion dollars every year, especially around Christmas time busting out those movies. Oh, yeah. So romanticizing owning an artisanal bakery or coffee shop. It's like, have you ever worked at like a bakery, coffee shop, restaurant or anything? Pure chaos. Especially if you're the owner. You work seven days a week. Like, and usually you have a real piss poor attitude because having to deal with all of those people who are angry because they need their coffee. And all your employees, and it's, if it's the holidays, don't... Mm. <laughs> so how is it that you're going to own your business, do all these things with your kid, because of course you're a kid, you're a single parent in these Hallmark movies, and then spend all this time with your family and friends doing all the Hallmark holiday stuff? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, that is not how it, it really is. Yeah, bakers wake up at like 3 or 4 in the morning. Yeah, you got to make the donuts. That's torture. Uh, how about nightclubs? I feel like uh, Joe and I have, uh, especially because of your sister, we have been to a nightclub or two. I've been to enough. I've been to one or two. I'm very you mean they're all not like uh, in Falcon and Winter Soldier? Just, it's more like nightclubs. What? Nightclubs and the movies are like cool. You meet your friends there instead of grumpy strangers and have fun group interactions. What? (laughs) And the music is way too loud. F that. Or if I'm at your sister's birthday party, Joe, I get her to spill two drinks on me. 
Yep. And it's time to go. That's why I left. <laughs> yeah, the real experience of a nightclub walk up. I'll take one beer, please. Thirty five fifty. All right, then I am going to leave. <laughs> you can be like me when I uh, in my early twenties. I would go, bartender, can you please give me your strongest, cheapest drink? Thank you. I'm sure they loved me. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> um, or how about just elaborate pranks? Everyone laughs it off in the movies, but it's really just a great way to mess up your friendships or relationships or cause a big mess somewhere. Lots of trust issues after those. Yeah. Uh, the rules for a good prank, it doesn't hurt, costs nothing to the pranker or the person getting pranked, excuse me, and cleans up in 15 minutes or less and everybody laughs. That's not what happens in the movies. No, no. They're big elaborate things that uh, usually end up with somebody getting slimed or something equally ridiculous. It's a whole room it would probably just be easier to torch that room <laughs> exactly it's like time to clean up and you're like nope nope we're just going to uh, uh set this all on fire yeah uh if you guys want to check out the rest of the list uh go to the facebook page i have it posted right there nice and until next time guys stay nerdy